Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, where you'll get the latest trends and legal business initiatives that help you manage your law firm every day. Hear from the experts setting the standards for legal, insurance, compliance, and tools of the profession. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Here's the host of the Legal Toolkit, Jared Correa. So that chill in the air can only mean one thing. That is the first fall episode of the 2012 season for the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm also the Senior Law Practice Advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org or like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash masslomap. You can also now buy my new book, Twitter in One Hour for Lawyers, from the American Bar Association. On the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. And this episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today, we'll talk about why selling is so hard for lawyers and what you can do about it. Joining me now is Stephen Seckler, Principal of Secular Legal Consulting and Coaching. Steve coaches attorneys on how to incorporate effective business development and marketing techniques into their practices. He spent over 20 years helping lawyers with marketing and career issues as a program attorney for MCLE, in opening and running BCG Attorney Search's Boston office, and through his consulting services. He writes the career consult column for Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly and his own Council to Council blog, which has been named to the ABA Journal's Blog 100 list twice. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Jared, and thanks for inviting me on your show. Um, I think that you and LOMAP really do a terrific job of trying to educate the bar, and I really am honored to be your guest. Oh, thanks, Steve. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. So let's get into the podcast here, because that's why people listen. Um, Now, it's fairly clear to me that there's this notion out there that certain people are natural-born sellers, as the term goes. And lawyers, I think especially, certainly don't feel like natural-born salespeople. So what's your take on this? Um, Does one have to have a natural aptitude for selling, or is the ability to sell something um, something that can be learned? Good question, Jared. So in every business and profession, there are always going to be some natural-born sellers. And there are even some attorneys who are natural-born sellers, But in general, as you know, law tends to attract people who are more risk-averse and don't necessarily want to be selling. Most of us went to law school to become a professional, not to become a salesman. And having said that, I do think that most lawyers can develop the skills they need to build a practice. Uh, In my own case, I was the son of academics, and neither of my parents had a lot of business savvy. And throughout my childhood, I remember my dad calling business people operators, um, actually, even crooks, uh, although that might have been because it was around the time of Watergate. But in any event, uh, it wasn't until I finished law school years later and began learning a lot more about marketing and business development that I realized that I could not only learn how to sell, but that I, that I could really enjoy it. That's excellent. Nothing wrong with being the child of academics. Worked out for James Taylor pretty well. So that sounds good. Lawyers can be salespeople. They just have to teach themselves how to do it. Um, and I don't think some of the concepts about selling are clear to a number of lawyers. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's do some definitional analysis here. Um, is there a difference between selling and marketing? 
you know, between getting people through your door and then closing business with those people. So I think there is a big difference between marketing and selling. Sometimes there are different terms that are that are thrown around. Sometimes selling is called business development. Sometimes when you say marketing, you're talking about marketing and business development. Sometimes the words are used interchangeably. Hmm. But I would say that in my mind, marketing is about positioning yourself and finding ways to differentiate yourself from other attorneys. A lot of marketing re- relies really on, on one-way communication. So writing an article, assuming a leadership position in a bar association committee or a trade association, designing your website, doing presentations, those are all things that kind of establish your position in the marketplace, who you serve, what your credentials are, but it's not really a conversation. Sales or business development, on the other hand, is it's much more about uh, business relationships and about building those business relationships. Now, in order to be successful in selling legal services, you really need to do both. Yeah. But I think what happens for many lawyers, and it was certainly true for me, even though I don't practice law, I do have my own consulting business that I have for a long time, so I'm very familiar with what it takes to sell professional services mm. on a personal basis. Uh, many lawyers are much more comfortable in, say, writing an article than in going out and having lunch with a potential referral source. Yep. But if all you do is write articles, unless you have a very, very specific, you know, unusual niche that nobody else has, and you can really establish yourself as that preeminent expert, which really isn't true for most lawyers, then marketing alone will be unlikely to generate a lot of work for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's still about relationship development. So I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> uh, now, with respect to selling, there's a difference between transactional selling and relationship selling. Could you explain that difference? Sure. And, and this is why I think that actually lawyers can be very good at selling their legal services. And you don't have to be a natural born, serv- uh, a natural born salesperson to sell legal services. Because selling legal services, unlike selling like a used car or, or some consumer product, uh, requires relationship building. And since the essence of being a good lawyer involves being a trusted advisor, if you want people to hire you or give you referrals, you have to build your relationships with your prospects. Mm. And this can only happen over time and through a series of small acts. So say like the blog you write and the presentation you give may position you as an expert, but unless the prospective clients trust you, they are unlikely to hire you as their attorney. And in order for this to happen, you need to engage in two-way conversations that uncover the needs of people in your network. So that's really relationship selling. And I have come to discover in my professional life that although I would never want to see myself as someone who is selling used cars or something (laughs) that involves just really meeting somebody once and then asking them to make a purchase... Um, I feel very comfortable with relationship building and there's much less pressure in a way because if you rush, it actually will harm your chances of being successful. Mm-hmm. Whereas building a relationship over time, which I think a lot of lawyers actually can be very good at, is what is going to make you successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's discuss a point under this just for one second here while we have a little bit extra time in the first half of the show. Uh, what about those lawyers who uh, express as being shy 
lawyers who are more likely to feel comfortable writing a blog post or drafting an article and not going out and shaking hands with people, kissing babies, um, how can those lawyers sort of get out into the community and become effective relationship builders that way? Do you have any suggestions for those people? Yes. I, I mean, I think for those people, and it's probably actually true for many people and many lawyers, try doing much more one-on-one relationship building. I think mm-hmm. one of the mistakes that some people make is they think that relationship building means that you have to go to large networking functions and you know talk to a million people. But if you yeah. go to a large networking function, unless it happens to be some kind of um, organization or community that you feel very connected to and you already know a lot of people, walking into a large room is probably not a very good way to build relationships. And <laughs> so people that are shy tend to often like building relationships one-on-one. And actually, that's a much more effective way to create referral relationships and to uncover needs that prospective clients may have rather than just sort of being at these big, large functions. Big, large, fun- big, large functions can sometimes help you to reinforce the connection that you may already have. So, uh, for example, there's a nonprofit organization that has an annual fundraiser of accountants and lawyers, and it happens to be a Jewish philanthropic organization. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people in that organization. And although it's a very large event, I if I do go, um, I end up seeing quite a few people who I know. And while I won't expect to get into a deep conversation with most of them, um, that could be worthwhile. But the short answer is for shy people, try retail, try going one-on-one, try mm-hmm. having coffee, calling people yep. to check in, sending them something and then following up. Those are the ways that shy people can be more successful at relationship building. Oh, good points there. Um, and, and, and just one more uh, quick question here before we sort of wrap this first half up. Um, you've use the term operators that your dad used to describe salespeople. And I think a lot of attorneys feel like it's sort of skeevy to go out there and try and sell to people. How can lawyers get over that uh, aspect of selling? Well, we are going to talk about some specific techniques in the second half, but Mm -hmm. let me just say that for most attorneys, referrals are your lifeblood. And if you want interesting work, you better start getting referrals because you don't have enough time to connect with everybody who might be a potential client. And since legal services are episodic and periodic, people don't necessarily need them all the time. They just need them here and there. You need to be in contact with a lot of people over a long period of time. And the best way to do that is to have a sales force, a sales force. And you can't really build a sales force unless you're independently wealthy. (laughs) So, uh, and, and I'm not sure that it would necessarily be that effective, although in a larger law firm that couldn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, you want people that can be aware of your services that serve some of the same people in the community that you want to serve who know about what you do and can send them your way. And that leverages your time a lot. So mm-hmm. building your referral network is going to help you a lot in that. Yeah, great. So let, let's talk a little bit about referral networks. And uh, it's clear from what you said previously, uh, and I think some lawyers have a good sense of this anyway, is that they need to build relationships and to engender trust in who they are and what they do, in part to get those referrals. Uh, could you uh, elaborate a little bit on referrals? And also uh, talk a little bit about the importance of asking for referrals, which I think a lot of attorneys feel uncomfortable doing. Right. So again, here is where... Uh 
it's much easier to do relationship selling than it is to do transactional selling for lawyers because if you're really doing relationship selling correctly, you don't meet somebody and ask them for a referral right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of us have spoken to somebody for the first time, a telemarketer on the phone, a person in a store, and they ask us right away, we just met them, you know, well, let me know if you encounter anybody who might be interested in buying, you know, the widget 2000. Well, I mean, if you do that with legal services, nobody's going to refer the work your way because they need to trust that you're going to handle the people that they refer to you professionally, that you're going to do a good job. And if they've just met you, they have no reason to trust you. So mm-hmm. the pressure is off. I mean, you do need to ask at some point, but not at the beginning. And, and, and really your goal when you're first getting to know people, if they're new people in your network, is to find out what you can do to help them. Find out how you can meet their needs, how you can be of help to them. And at some point, they'll probably ask you what they can do to be helpful to you. And at that point, you can and should say what are specific examples examples of your ideal clients. So the ask is important, but not early on when you're just getting to know somebody. It's sort of later on in the relationship. And that, and those are all great points, Steve. I, I think lawyers, having listened to what you said, may be able to change their mindset a little bit and take some pressure off of uh, for their uh, their selling. Uh, and that's great, I think. Um, so we've had some great stuff that we covered here in the first half of the show, but we've got to take a break now. However, when we return, we'll have a lot more with Stephen Seckler. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to the second half of our program. We're joined today by Stephen Seckler, president of Seckler Legal Consulting and Coaching. So now that we've dispensed with the more nuanced part of this broadcast, let's talk about some of the nitty gritty here when it comes to lawyers selling themselves and their practices. So this is where the rubber meets the road here. So Steve, what are some of the key things that get in the way of attorneys successfully generating work? Good question. Well, we've covered some of them, but let me go over and repeat some of those things and then expand on that and give you other things to think about. Right. We already talked about professional identity a little bit. I think for the biggest problem for most attorneys is that they don't want to be perceived as a used car salesman. Mm-hmm. And so they equate selling with what they hear people doing on television at late at night and they don't want to be perceived that way. I think that's the number one thing that gets in the way of most lawyers being successful at selling. A second thing that I think is really problematic for a lot of lawyers, although probably younger lawyers are more aware that this is not a good strategy than older lawyers, is expecting that your good work will generate all your referrals. And 20 or 30 years ago, that was probably more true, although I suppose I could suggest that it maybe was never completely true. Mm -hmm. But it's much less true now. 
I think younger yeah. lawyers understand that a little bit more, um, that you need to tell the world about your successes and you need to differentiate yourself. Being very passive about your marketing won't work, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of leads into the next uh, reason why it's difficult for lawyers, which is that, and I already mentioned this, which is that many lawyers rely too much on marketing and not enough on relationship building. And that includes social media. Now, social media is sort of yeah. interesting because when it's used correctly, it actually can be a conversation of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-way communication. But if you're just posting updates, you're not responding or reacting to anything that anyone else is posting, then you're not really doing much in the way of relationship building. You're just broadcasting. Lawyers who just write, just speak, don't pursue and cultivate referral relationships are going to have a harder time building a practice. Yep. Yep. Um, Another one is a lack of follow-through. I think this is really... Uh, an occupational hazard for a lot of lawyers. And I would say it's really a problem for me, too. Um, you know, I always have to push myself to keep following up. There is a lot of noise out there, especially since the marketplace for legal services has gotten a lot tighter since the Great Recession. And if you want people to connect with you, you have to really work at it. So if you send one email message and you don't follow that up because you didn't hear anything, then you are not doing your job. Now, I think this is hard for a lot of lawyers because you don't want to feel like you're being, again, perceived as a used car salesman. Mm -hmm. But what I tell my clients is that, you know, think of how many times you've discovered that email ended up in a spam filter. Also, the nature of email, and and I think email lends itself to the biggest problem here, Mm -hmm. uh, is that, the emails that people get end up in a long queue and some people only really, you know, respond to the things that have come in most recently and things at the bottom of their inbox to just they never get to. So, you know, yeah. following through again can really help overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other things also. Um, I think lawyers have a tendency to communicate like lawyers and get lost in the weeds. And while when you're presenting a legal argument in court or you are trying to write a memo to a a client and you want to be thorough, you get heavily into the details. But in marketing, you want to try to distill things down so that people can hear them in more crisp and clear ways. And it's a very different way of communicating. So we're in the middle of a campaign cycle. You're all out there hearing lots of political ads and think about what some of the politicians are doing that are really effective or the ads that are really effective. So rather than going to a litany about, you know, the foreign policy that the United States has pursued, you know, the Obama camp or people that are supporting Obama, and by the way, this is regardless of what your political feelings are, I think this is good messaging, which is that Uh, I think Joe Biden brought this up, like Osama bin Laden is dead, GM is alive. Now, of course, that really dumbs down the message a lot, which goes a little bit against the grain of how lawyers like to communicate. But if you start talking to somebody and giving a long litany of uh, reasons why they should hire you and what, what it is that you do and, you know, give three hours of details about how you accomplish the same thing for other clients, you're going to lose your audience. 
so those are some of the things. Uh, there are others. I uh, I think that failing to project confidence can be a problem, and that's more of a perhaps occupational hazard of a younger lawyer. You really want to con- communicate with your body language, with your words, with your voice, that you can solve your client's problems. Many lawyers are worried about overpromising, but if you hedge your bets, people are going to be less likely to want to hire you. So if you had a problem with your back and you went to two surgeons and one said, well, I think I could, you know, solve this with surgery. Uh, you know, we haven't done that many of these, but we've done a lot like it. And, you know, I think you might find that you're feeling better afterwards, but I don't want to promise you anything. Or you went to another surgeon and he said, we've handled hundreds of this type of case We've had great success. While we can't promise that your case will be successful, I feel very confident that you are going to get the best medical care possible at our facility, and you have the best chance of having a good outcome. So that second person who is projecting confidence, which lawyers don't like to do, but need to do, is going to be more likely to get the the work. And similarly, along those same lines, because lawyers spend their whole day identifying what can go wrong, they tend to project negativity. And while you may very well be legally and professionally responsible for pointing out the reasons why a person may not have a good case, you don't want to be walking around a a cocktail party talking about how bad the economy is and how hard (laughs) it is for you to land business. Very true. So... Um, let me give you three more. Uh, yes. I, I'm sorry that the list is so long, but I've thought about <laughs> That's this. That's a good list. Well, I've thought about this a lot because really it's, you know, I, I, I've said to others that someday I'll write my autobiography and I'll call it Birth of a Salesman. <laughs> and the reason for that is that this stuff did not come naturally to me, which is why I really love the topic so much because I could see a lot of these tendencies in myself and I've worked hard to overcome them. So the last three, so saving marketing for a rainy day, uh, tendency I think a lot of lawyers have is if there is one hour of billable work to do and lots of other things that they could be doing for marketing purposes, they will always do the hour of billable work and wait until they have nothing to do and then start marketing. And that's just not a good way to build a pipeline. Yeah. Um, Expecting short-term results. So I've heard lawyers do one seminar and come out and say, well, that wasn't worthwhile because I didn't get any clients out of it. That's not how selling legal services works. And then finally, and this relates to lack of follow-through, it's lack of resilience. So you want to have a lot of prospects in your pipeline. So if in baseball, batting 300 means you're a great hitter, in marketing, maybe batting 100 is a great marketer. And so that's not what happens when you go to school. We were all taught that you work hard, you do well on your tests, and that's the success, and that's not the way it works in marketing. Yep. So that's good. So you can bat below the Mendoza line and still be a successful legal marketer. So that's a lot of problems, Steve. Now the question is, uh, what do you recommend for uh, your clients uh, to overcome those obstacles? Okay. I mean, it does seem like a long list, but actually a lot of them are interrelated. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't you know, I don't think it's like an overwhelming or insurmountable list. I just think 
I've framed the list in a way that's some of them are just the same thing from a slightly different angle. Yeah. In any event, I think there's a lot of good things that you can do to overcome this. The most important thing you can do is to develop a plan. And anyone who has ever tried to lose weight might understand this. If you have a plan, if you're trying to lose weight and you have decided in advance kind of what your caloric intake is going to be for the day, how much fat you're going to take in, it's a lot easier, still challenging, but it's a lot easier to decide what you're going to eat or whether you're going to have that donut when you get hungry. If you don't have a plan and you're sitting there and you're thinking, should I have the donut, um, it's harder to evaluate whether or not it fits into your plan. So losing weight is like business development. It's like things that you have to do in the short run that yield long-term results. And we're, as, a, as human beings, we're not really that well-wired for, for this. It's actually kind of a, an evolutionary mismatch between our brains and, and what we want to accomplish. But by having a plan, then you don't have to think about every single day, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Because that can become very overwhelming, just like deciding whether or not to eat the donut can become very overwhelming and when you're hungry, and then you go and eat the donut. Um, another strategy that I really recommend to my clients is to try to spend at least 15 minutes every single day doing something. Now, of course, if you're in the middle of a trial or in a major transaction and it's all hands on deck, you know, you have to obviously put that aside. But even on some of those days, you might be able to make a phone call and say hi to somebody who you want to keep in contact with just to take a break. The third thing is taking care of yourself. And I've told people, my clients who are looking for jobs, this, that, you know, if you're going out to the gym and your, your spouse or significant other or parents ask you, what are you doing? You tell them, I'm job hunting. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that you can't market 24-7. You can't be out there 24-7. And when you are out there, you want to feel good. So exercising and, and eating well are part of your ability. You know, They create some of the infrastructure you need for yourself to be able to project confidence. And as I said in my list, you know, being able to project confidence is important if you want to land business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So push yourself to do some things that may be a little bit hard for you to get yourself to do, but really focus on the activities that you enjoy. Um, that's really very important because if you don't like playing golf and somebody has convinced you that golf is a great way to build relationships, you're going to make a lot of excuses. You're not going to go out and, and golf. And if you do, you're going to be projecting a lot of negativity yep. because you won't feel good. So don't play golf if you don't like golf. Find <laughs> things that you do enjoy. Um, Next item is creating good elevator bullets. Again, um, the politicians that you hear are really good at this. Uh, Bill Clinton, again, regardless of what you thought of him as a, as a person or as a politician, the guy can communicate much in the same way as Ronald Reagan. Um, and part of what those people have done, although they do it very naturally, is prepare. They think in advance, what are my talking points? So you want to do that, too. You want to work on distilling your message. And some of it involves some experimentation and different audiences that you're talking to. I'm talking about in one-on-ones. Um, you know, you might deliver different elevator bullets, too. But the important thing is to prepare your messaging. 
Same thing is uh, prepare before you go on networking meetings. So, you know, use LinkedIn to find out something about somebody if you're going to be having lunch with them. You know, if you have some kind of connection with them, it'll make it easier to have a conversation if you went to the same college, if you are involved in some of the same um, activities, extracurricular activities. If you work, you know, you could find out where they've worked in the past, what they did. Maybe they had a career before they became a lawyer. So preparing before you go to your networking meetings, that can really help. Using marketing as a way of continuing the dialogue rather than as an excuse for not picking up the phone. So, you know, 80% of your time relationship building, 20% of your time marketing. Um, becoming a great listener and really listening carefully to find ways to be helpful to others. And it may not be um, with their professional needs, but it could be with their personal needs, too. I mentioned, you know, try to take the pressure off yourself because you're really trying to do things over a long period of time. You don't have to have a short-term success. Uh, and then the last two are build marketing into your workflow. So if there's anything that you're working on give rise to an issue that others might want to know about. Can you turn it into an article, a seminar, a client alert, a blog post, a social media update? Um, have you created any checklists from the work you were doing, and can you share those with other prospective clients? And finally, um, get input from colleagues, or if you really feel like you want some additional help, hire a coach. You don't have to feel like you need to succeed on, on, your, on your own. I've worked with several coaches in my, my career, and I found it invaluable. A lot of us are not very good at having perspective on our own lives. <laughs> very true. Steve, those are all fantastic points. And uh, if you're listening and if you're looking to hire a coach, hire Steve. Um, all right, so we got time for one more question here on the uh, Legal Toolkit podcast. So, Steve, you mentioned that selling involves having a two-way conversation and that marketing is more of a one-way conversation. So can you walk me through the selling process in the attorney's office once there's a potential client in there? Uh, sure. I mean, let me give you the Reader's Digest version because I think we're sort of running out of time here. But That's all right. ba basically, uh, you really want to do, uh, when you have a prospect in your office, you want to do a lot of listening. Ask open-ended questions. They get the prospect to describe the problem they face. And you want to find out as much as you can about the solution that they would like to see. And you really want to avoid pitching. You're not telling them that they should hire you. You want them to embrace the solution that you have that solves their problem. But you do that by getting them to talk about the solution and agree, yes, that really does sound like it would be something that would be helpful for me. And you're trying to engender trust. And you show that by uh, showing you're tuned into the needs of your particular client. If you if you really try a one-size-fits-all solution, you're not going to be successful. So um, one book that I would highly recommend is Brainmaking Conversations, Influence, Persuade, and Sell in Any Situation, which is written by Mike Schultz and John Doerr. And I also have a number of marketing resources on my website that you are free to access at any time. Oh, great. Now, Steve, you actually have a great website. So I know you're probably going to give us the URL soon, but I, I recommend that people definitely visit that. Um, so this has been a great show. I, I think you give uh, lots of great advice here, Steve. You get lawyers thinking about marketing and selling in a different way, which I think is helpful. Um, but unfortunately, the contents of this little hourglass have run down, and we're at the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. Now, remember that you can check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Uh, in the meantime, 
My special thanks today goes to Stephen Seckler for taking the time to drop by the virtual studio. So, Steve, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you and what you do, how would they go about doing that? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you, Jared, for having me again. I feel like you do a great job with this, and I'm really honored to be on your show. But my website okay. is my name, www.seckler.com. And from there, you can access my blog, sign up for my newsletter, and read many of the articles I have published. And you should do that. Steve is great. Known Steve for a long time. Absolutely knows what he's doing, and uh, he'll help you out if you're an attorney looking to improve your marketing or selling. So thanks again, Steve. Uh, now, for everybody listening out there across the interwebs, don't forget to join us next time when we'll have another tremendous internet radio show right here on the Legal Toolkit. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Legal Toolkit. You can subscribe to the RSS feed and hear Jared every month right here on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Gee Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.